Well, welcome into the AL Recruiting Power 5 podcast, and we have a special guest today. He is the first 1,000-yard receiver at Ole Miss. It is Shea Hodge, and he is Coach Shea Hodge now. But, Coach, we are glad to have you on the podcast, man. Uh, thanks for having me, man. It's, uh, it's um, an honor to do it for you. Well, I'll say this. I loved, I was just doing some research before the podcast today, and I was looking at your pinned tweet, and and you you had first 1,000-yard receiver in Ole Miss history. You broke career receiving record of 2,646 yards. You broke the single-season receiving yards record. First team All-SEC 2009 and 2010. Honorable mention All-American and led the entire SEC in receiving yards. But what I loved was your players that responded to that tweet. They were like, Coach, you were a baller, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh that's kind of why I got it up there. Um, you know, you get older, the people that older know who you are, but the young guys, you know, they was too young. You know, they probably weren't paying attention or anything. So <clears throat> having YouTube and having videos, because um, you know the way the, the way the world is now. If, if you ain't got a video of it, you ain't do it. You know, right. it don't matter what you say; it's what you can show. So being able, to, being a guy that trains kids and deal with kids a lot, it always meant a lot to me. If if the guy did it also. So um, I got to, you know, I grew up with Deuce McCall. Well, not grew up with him, but I got a chance to um, do a lot of things with Deuce McCall. So that meant a lot to me. So I try to use that in reverse with kids that deal with me, you know, knowing that, hey, man, my coach can do everything he asking me to do. You know, I think that means a lot more. Um, you were involved in one of the most uh, controversial <laughs> calls in the Ole Miss Alabama history. I mean, the the red uh, high heel on the field game. <laughs> And you got to answer for all the fans that are watching. Were you pushed out of bounds, and did he touch the ball first? Yes, I was pushed out of bounds. He on-barred me out of bounds. And he also he caught it first. He touched it first. Then I ended up taking it away from him, man. That was um, – I felt robbed. <laughs> you know, that was like one of – that would have been my first, like, huge play. You know, I ended up making a lot of huge plays later on, but that was my sophomore year when I was <clears throat> trying to create who Shea Hodge was going to be in college. And, when they got taken away from me, I was like, man, that was supposed to be my first big one, you know, my really <laughs> huge one to beat Alabama, man. So, you know, um, but it happened when it's supposed to happen. You know, it, it'll always be remembered and you always want to be remembered. So I'll take it. Yeah. Well, we got it. We got some five questions that we kind of have queued up. That's the format of this podcast. So we're going to just get started with question number one. You were recruited by Coach Orgeron at Ole Miss. Like, what? What's your best recruiting story that that happened to you throughout this whole recruiting process? Because that's what we're all about: is telling recruiting stories and helping recruit. So, what's your best story you got? <clears throat> I guess I get three, and I'll make it uh make it because they kind of all different and they kind of short. But one was on um, I was a basketball player too. Uh, average thirty a game, hit fifty one in the game. At sixteen years old, I was ranking the top uh, fifty players in the nation with Kevin Durant and all of them. Um, but so I always knew I always thought I was gonna play basketball. But anyway, football took off in high school and then in my senior year, um, uh, I played an AU game and then when I got back to school, Tennessee seen me playing that game and they offered me a scholarship. Like they came to school and offered me a scholarship and like wanted me to commit right then and there to them. And I was like, nah, you know, but it was just wild to be a top football player and a top basketball player. That's what Bruce Pearl was there. So, you okay. know, they were running the gun, and it was good. So, yeah, I was, like, something I really considered, but I was, like, I couldn't make a decision that fast. So, that's one recruiting story. Uh, Coach O, say a Coach O recruiting story, he was just, you know, he just make you want to run through a wall for him, man. He just, you know, he's genuine, what he's saying and everything. You know, if he like you, he like you. He's just like any other person. He's just a coach, so you look at it a little different. 
when he like you, like you'll never see any of the bad stuff, like you know, any bad stuff he'll say to you and stuff. So ultimately him, he just was a great recruiter. He could he could recruit your parents, you know, he he was great with moms, man. Uh, and um, you know, just him him just being him. But anyway, the other the last one was um Southern Miss, um, um Coach Hobson. He's at um uh, South Alabama now. <clears throat> but like the recruiting story with him, he like first he was at Ole Miss and he was recruiting me. Then he went to Southern Miss, and when my senior came, like, he would not leave me alone. I tell him this all the time. Like, he was trying to convince me to go to Southern Miss so bad. He was there every day, dang near. And mm. um, he seen me play basketball, and he was like, man, I can see me back play basketball. He was like, man, he said he went back to coach. He said, coach, you worrying about uh, football coaches getting them. You ought to see this boy play basketball. He tell this story every time you see me now. He was like, this is the first kid I've seen that can go play. He can go play in the NBA. Like, this boy is this good. And so that story was always funny. So it's kind of like it's tilted towards basketball that made my recruiting stories more, you know, um, it was kind of funny because Ole Miss always had me on lock. You know, I always wanted to go there. I wanted to follow Deuce McCallister's um, footsteps. He's mm -hmm. from Morton, Mississippi, the same place I'm from. He's from the outskirts, which is Ludlow, but he went to Morton. And he um, looked out for me and, and helped me, you know, throughout school with certain things. And so I just wanted to follow in his footsteps. So football recruiting wasn't that, that interesting to me, you know, more with the basketball part. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's that's awesome. I honestly, I didn't know how good of a basketball player you were growing up. So that's, a lot of people don't. Yeah, that's awesome. You were the first one thousand yard receiver at Ole Miss, and you just think, what year was that? Was that two thousand nine? Nine. Yeah, yep, So, so two thousand nine, you were the first one thousand yard receiver, and I kind of started doing some research. I mean, there's been a few since then: Elijah Moore, AJ Brown. Um, Laquan Treadwell. Laquan Treadwell, and there was Drummond, I think, was yeah, a I think couple Drummond years. got yeah. yeah. And so there's been some since you that happened, but kind of since you were playing, how much has offense changed? And then, you know, of course, Ole Miss has coaches like Hugh Freeze and Lane Kiffin now. Like, how much has offense changed that really is making that <laughs> happen? Man, it's changed a lot. Um, some people was doing it back then. You know, you had Texas Tech running that type of offense, that wide open offense where you're throwing it a lot. <clears throat> um, it wasn't a lot of, and I don't think they were doing RPOs back then, but they just threw the ball a lot. You know, it was on mm -hmm. Mike Leach, you know, RP, Rest in Heaven. Um, but my coach says, let's say Coach Nut and let's say Coach O. Both of them, um, Coach um, O was a defensive guy, but so a defense guy normally going to want to run the ball. Mm -hmm. So then also having Coach Nut, he liked to run the ball, you know, coming from Arkansas, having those great backs. So um, it was it was tough to get those thousand yards. Like I always tell people, I can debate that I was the best receiver ever to come through there because of the offense I played in and who I played. We were playing with Dexter McCluster, playing in the sixty forty run offense that's going to run the ball way more than they're going to throw. But um, <clears throat> I always tell them if I played for Lane or if I played for um Coach Freeze, I probably would, the records would probably be unbeatable right now because. You know, um, when you can do that in the run for his offense and you barely going to touch the ball, now you really got to be able to get open. And yeah. they got to trust you to get open. or Otherwise, they're just going to run the ball. You know, being a coach now, I get that. But when I got a dude, like I got a dude at Jackson Academy, I got a dude. So I know that dude, when I throw it, I know that dude going to be wide open. And mm -hmm. I'm the type of cash you want on your team. So um, ultimately, man, it's all changed. I, I love it for the kids, but I also am a little jealous. Like, man, I wish I got to play in it too. I want to put up fifteen hundred yards. I want I want a hundred catches. You know, I got seventy, and I I I bite, clawed, and scratch for that. You know, I played with Dexter <laughs> McCluster. I feel like he was the best player to ever come through there, man. The most dynamic player for sure. So my touches were limited, so I had to learn how to be Batman, man. And um, a lot of those guys that broke the record, they was they was they. I know I had to learn how to be Robin. They was Batman. 
See, other mm-hmm. people don't see that either. I was Robin. I wasn't Batman. It was, it was Dexter. He was the man on the scene. And I had to compliment him, and I found out a way how to do it. And um, it just it, it matched well, and that's one reason why we were so good. And um, But, I, again, last, last thing I say again, I wish I did play in a more wide-open offense that we just threw it all across the yard. Uh, I want to experience that, um, what it feels like to have 100 catches, what it feels like to have over. I had over 1,000 yards. I did the same thing in high school that I did in college, but – I want to know how it feels to get over 1,500 yards, 1,700 yards, 1,800. Yeah. I want to do that with one of my kids one day, you know, that I coach and stuff. I want, if I got a dude that's like that, I want him to have over like 1,500 yards and 100 catches. Like, you know, that's 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 coming from a receiver. Yeah, but, <laughs> but if, if you're playing for a guy like Lane, you know, oh, yeah. Lane, he finds one guy and he he gives it to that. He, he would have fed you, man, for sure, yeah. for sure. So, of course, we know the game's changed. How's recruiting changed? I mean, you you are dealing with high school recruits now. You're helping them in that process. What are some of the biggest changes you've seen? Um, there's more based not based on social media, but it's kind of like more pushed towards social media than the the old school way. When I came out, you had to make a disc, uh, you had to make uh, burn the <clears throat> the VCR tapes to a disc and try to send it out to everybody. Hope that they see it. Now with it being more digital, you could just, you know, just shoot the film to them. But what I've learned in the recruiting game, and maybe it has always been like this, it's just now that I'm in the lane that I'm in, having people like me, a credible source, a person that, that's always going to have kids, that train kids and make kids better and stuff, having somebody like me. <clears throat> so there's a million people that play football. Me and kids play football. And all kids get mad and they look at it in a self-centered way, which I get it because I was the same way. But I, I try to get them to see the whole picture. Like, <clears throat> you sending the film to them, there's a thousand, there's a million kids sending the same, doing the same exact thing you're doing. But when you got somebody like me, it's like a reference or, or like a brand to you. Like, okay, if Shay is showing me his kid film, he must be really like that because over the years having all these All-Americans, I think I made like 10 now. Um, number one player in Mississippi the last three years has been produced through me. And um, basically my company, um, Mish, uh, Mike Espy, Shea Hodge Academy, <clears throat> we got the number one receiver this year. We've had always, basically, we've always had the number one. I had the number one running back in the country last year. You know, I got the five star this year on uh, Santana Perkins. Get so Deion Smith before that. So you know, just having that, having that pipeline of players. And, I mean, having somebody like me. I never knew when I was on the other side whether there are people like me that can be, you know, in that sense. So I think that helps with recruiting. Um, I think I honestly think high school coaches have lost their credibility uh, with a lot of coaches in, in college because. People like this in my position is not many. Now, they don't trust many, but, like, people in my position, I think, like, our, power, our, uh, our word means more at times because more high school coaches try to push their program, and it ain't really about is the kid really that good. And so that's something that you lose credibility that way. See, many people get mad at me. If you're not like that, I'm, I'm going to tell you, you're not like that. Mm-hmm. But on the flip side, I'm not telling you this to tear you down. I'm telling you this in the sense of I'm a trainer. I know what you need to work on. I'm telling you this so you can go work on this. This is These are your weaknesses. This is why you're not getting recruited. Some people take it hard. Some people understand it and see the big picture. Like, okay, man, he's trying to help me because what am I going to get out of, out of talking down to you or talking bad to you? So I feel like recruiting has changed from, you know, from a digital standpoint. It's, it's all on, you know, you can send it at a, at a drop of a dime. Um, the people that are in place that has organizations um, that take kids places and get them exposure, um, being on like podcasts like this, like we want to start one. We actually going to start one. Like everybody want to know about the recruit. All right, I got the recruits. They with me all the time. Let's hear that thing out. Forget mm-hmm. going to a message board. Like why? Why do all that when I got the recruits right here? I had you since eighth grade, ninth grade. 10. You know, I've been, I've, I've grown you up. You know, so I can tell instead of the fans paying for message board. Hey, come on, 
pay get, get us a subscription with our company. And you'll know the real deal of what the kids really think. You know, I, ain't, yep. I don't like to shoot Cody. You know, I don't like a lot of coaches by recruiting. Like, if the kid ain't feeling you, I'll tell you. I'll, so you don't waste your time. Like, look, he don't like y'all. Yep. Y'all do, and, I, and if there's a reason why, there's a reason why, and I try to help you. But if they just don't like you and you wasting your time, I try to help them coach you with that type of thing. You know, because they got a lot. That's a hard job they got. You know, being on the other side, mm-hmm. you know, helping them and stuff, find kids, locate kids and stuff. I know it's a hard job. So, just being in the position I'm in and other guys that are in this position I've seen over, you know, with OT7 and 707 World and seeing these other, other organizations that are big time, um, having people like that in place, it filters out all this, hey, he good, hey, he good, wasting mm-hmm. time in recruiting. Yeah, I, I definitely think when you came out was really about the time, you know, during while you were in college was really about the time Twitter took off. And mm-hmm. what happened with social media was that, it gave players direct access to college coaches. And and in a lot of ways, I don't say it cut out the high school coach, but what has happened is high school coaches aren't always necessary. Now, high school coaches can still promote their players, and there are programs that do a great job at promoting them and and putting them out there. But the coaches that aren't in tune to recruiting year-round they're the ones that are kind of getting left behind. And and I even put out a short the other day. They're the ones that are frustrated when players transfer out of their program because now with NIL stuff, kids are literally leaving money on the table if they're not they're not working on the recruiting process year-round. Fact. Um, because on the flip side of what I do, people get mad at me for it. And I always side with the kid, like it's what's best for the kid. And um, one thing I'll say I've been blessed with was being trendy. Being trendy helps me with kids, and it helps me stay in the loop of, like, everything has moved towards, yeah, the, to the people that push their kids out and do the social media thing. You cannot be left behind. You're left behind. You will not have the kids you want. You'll be mad all the time. And it happens for me. Like, doing the things that I do does allow me access to a lot of kids, and whenever I want them, if I want to pull the trick, I'm in private school. So that's mm-hmm. what you do. You go and find kids. So I already got them. It just, I look at it like this. I try to do it from a good hearted standpoint of like, because you got some friends in the coaching industry. You know, you got um, people, you know, that you just don't want to cross. So I look at it like this. If he's in a great situation, I'm not greedy. I don't need the kid. I don't Mm -hmm. want, I don't need a kid. I'm trying to help a kid. I need a kid. I don't need him. I want him to, I want him to need help. Mm -hmm. Like if he in a bad school, a bad school district, a school that don't throw the ball or, Got a big time quarterback, got a big time receiver, just just that in a good situation. That's what I want to help and take somebody, take somebody from. And, and it goes piggybacks on what you said. Like if you're not trendy, if you're not in the loop, if you don't know what's going on, if you think, oh, the game don't change, the game always change. Like you're always gonna, it's always gonna keep elevating or, or evolving, whatever you want to call it. And you can't get left behind. And if you're gonna get left behind, you can't be mad. You gotta choose, you gotta pick one or the other. Yeah. Hire somebody I- young. <laughs> yeah. And I don't I don't want to beat this dead horse, but this will be kind of the last thing I'll say on it, but is I know coaches want to win championships. And I get that. Like that's what you're hired and paid to do is win championships at the high school level. But it should not be missed on most coaches. These massive programs, these big high school programs that are putting out, you know, great players and winning championships if you look on their staff somewhere they've they're paying a videographer they're paying a photographer they're paying somebody to run their social media and they're paying somebody to handle the recruiting side of it too and what's happening is players are wanting to go there to get the exposure and by the way they produce championships while they're there 
<clears throat> right. It's just like a college program. They just figure it out. Yep. You got to figure it out. Um, with the coaching staff I'm with, they got it figured out. And I, I would only coach with certain people because, like, it got to be ran like a college program. Man. You got to have it all figured out. Programs are different for those reasons. You got to know – you got to piece your puzzle together as a head coach. You're a general manager, man. You, you piecing the puzzle together. Yep. You know, it's, you got to have those people. That's exactly right. And so – Kind of off of that recruiting side of things, what's your advice to players that are being recruited or that want to go through this recruiting process now? How are you advising them? First thing first, I want them to get the most opportunities that they can. Like I just go through like how I do it. You say, um, that'll that'll get an advice of how I do it. So I want them to get as many offers as they can. I don't care where it is from, where it's from, where I want you to have the most opportunities you can have. All right, the second thing is now we got to, after that happens, or whatever you get, I want you to narrow it down what fits you. Like, people know what they want. Like, does it fit you rather than does it fit the the limelight of you or what you want to be? Like, you know, and this school got four four people in your position, and but they want you, but you can go over here that ain't got all that, and it may not be as big of a school, but you can go over there and start and be the man and get film. Because the thing, the whole thing about it is getting the film. If you got you got aspiration to make it to the NFL is to get film and experience, film and experience. And then the last thing is, which is the first thing, you're trying to get your degree. Mm-hmm. So find something if you're really passionate about school, because most <clears throat> most football players, I ain't gonna say I'm speaking for majority. I think like they're most most of the ones that are in the realm of what I'm thinking of are trying to get to the league. So school is not their most important thing. They're not thinking about what I'm gonna do after. You know, they're gonna use their career to play off of, like kind of like I did play off of to get me where I want to go next in my career. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of them do that. So if your if your if your deal is not school, then your focus got to be what fits you, what offense fits you, what defense fits you. Do they got somebody on their roster like you that you can see that you playing like or playing in that position or do they throw it a lot? You a quarterback, you know, you you do a threat. Do they run it some? You know, do they is a straight drop back cuz at Ole Miss we had Brent Schaefer playing in the I, I, I formation um he's not an I formation quarterback. Put him in the system right, right now. He mm-hmm. would go crazy. Mm-hmm. So he should have went to somewhere like West Virginia that was doing it, you yeah. know, instead of the old Miss with us. Because you got to go back and look look at this. Look at Miami when they won the national championship with Ken Dorsey. That was straight out of our formation, drop back pass. He wasn't there. So, you know, just finding somewhere that fits you, man. And then if it is big or whatever, also look at the NIL side of it all. Get it in writing. You know, when you're doing something, it's supposed to be a deal, get it in writing. Don't just mm-hmm. go by what somebody tell you. And then when you get – because coaches will get you there and then they – now you're under their power. Ain't nothing you can do. You can transfer out later, but like now, right now, you gotta do what I say. If I told yeah. your number, you ain't give me that number. They did it to me. I ain't post, I supposed to got three. So when I get there, I'm like, oh, what my number three? This this number eighty. Oh no, a senior got you. You tell me I get it. We ain't trying to hear that, man. What this? How, this how I got so <laughs> so whatever they tell you, get it in writing. So now you have something to hold. You, you know, hold your hat on. Um and and yeah, I talk about nil and think and having somebody handle the nils. You know, um people that, that know what they're doing and not trying to, like, you know, just get over on you. Having advisors, like, it's hard in this game because it's always new parents, younger kids, new parents that's coming up. And so once you establish yourself, like, in the position I'm in, I'm just here to help. Can't nobody help me. I can only help them with these mm-hmm. kids. And some people try to make it bad, like I'm the bad person and this and that because they can't do what I do. And, oh, he did this. He didn't know. And they're telling the story. I really try to live my life morally correct. Like, I really try to do everything – correct and don't do nobody wrong in this thing and um and if i got a problem with him you know it's normally something on some jealousy he's not knowing nothing i've done yep. so um 
that's why I say I say, you know, my advice is always like look at look at what you're trying to do. If you're trying to what you're trying to do, look at that and look at that school. If it doesn't fit that, then don't go there. If they got a whole bunch of people in your position, unless you know for sure, like you just know for sure, 100 percent almost sure you will be, you're better than all them, I wouldn't go take that chance. Yeah. I will take that other chance of lesser people or just somewhere you're gonna play. Just put it like that. Somewhere you're gonna play. Yep, because I mean, I just finished the last podcast we released before this one is it, the importance of playing. And we were talking about guys that are at group of five schools that that think that they can transfer to power five schools and increase their draft status. And if they just stayed at the group of five school and play as the starter and be the number one guy, their chances were like, I'm, I'm talking like 50% better at getting drafted than they were if they transferred to a power five school and were just the second or third guy. So exactly. You got to play, got to play. Just look right. at NFL rosters. <laughs> yeah. See it all. Yep, exactly. So last question, what are you up to now? What all do you have going on? I, I know that, you know, there was a lot in, on your bio that you're doing, so we want to hear what's going on. <laughs> um, First and foremost, I'm a, um, the pass game coordinator at uh, Jackson Academy. Um, I also run a company called um, Mesh Academy, which is a it's really not just a 707 organization. I got to figure out <clears throat> what we're going to label it as. You know, it's um, our biggest thing is development, you know, recruiting, not recruiting, developing talent, like we're developing a kid, recruiting and 707. And like we just do a whole bunch. It's a whole bunch of stuff that we do. Um, also, me and Mike SP also have our own individual company that we were doing that we did our training under but we're putting it together now to call it mesh but high performance is something else that i have that i, that I do my training under um branched off from d1 jackson the d1 franchise i was working there for a while um and it, and it gave me a background and, and and a platform even better than i already had to um, catapult me to where i can do it on my own now and so i run that business also um other than that i do a little public speaking um do a lot of recruiting, as I said, and uh, a lot of training, you know, um, just staying involved with kids' lives, man, people that um, I would have never made it from Morton, Mississippi, where I'm from, if somebody didn't help me, you know, and so um, I think I get it from my mom, just trying to help somebody and help them along their way and, and just try to make them be the best they can be, because um, somebody did that for me, somebody had to change me, somebody had to um, coach me up, and I feel like coaches are one of the biggest things in the world that, that, that the world needs, you know. Um, football can teach you life. It, it does teach you life, you know, a lot of adversity that you go through. They're not going to go your way. Just like as a man, both of us, we've grown men, we know we've been through adversity. Same thing we go through on the football field as a family, look at it like, oh, man, they messing up. But then you ultimately want to see that kid change or fix whatever he messed up on to do better and to uh, to um, beat that adversity and have that, that, that – um, that success story about, man, look, I did this early in the game and look what I made it through, coach. I'm proud of the kid. You know, now I just did, I had a life less. Now I'm proud of you. Now, when life get like that later on in your life, you know, you're going to go through something. You might get, go broke. You might can't do this for your wife or your kids and you have to change something and, and go through the adversity and, and you have to come out on top. Like, you got to come out on top of your family because you ain't going to let your family starve. So, I always say football teaches life and um, that's what we're trying to do with uh, with Mike Espy and me. Um, and I um, just running our organization and trying to get back to these kids in Mississippi because last thing I say, we both could have moved away. We both played in the NFL for a little bit. Both could have moved away. Could have been California, Texas, anywhere, you know, with a lot of kids that, you know, we both want to be coaches and trainers. I didn't necessarily think I'd be a trainer, but I knew I'd be a coach. Training mm -hmm. just came along and just added to my repertoire. But 
also, I always said, man, I want to do some Mississippi. I'm from Mississippi, from a small town in Mississippi. I got overlooked knowing I was one of the top five players in Mississippi. Uh, for sure, one of, and should have been ready higher in the, in the um, nation. So I just look at kids like I'm never going to let a kid, let that happen to another kid around me. And I want to make sure I do it for Mississippi because I feel like we all underrated. Man, I I believe that. There are studs in Mississippi that go overlooked all the time. I've watched a lot of film from kids from Mississippi. You know, we started in Alabama doing this. And, of course, it, there's a trickle-over effect because the state's next to us. We see a lot of those kids. And so – um, but man, you know, I, I just appreciate and, and love people that love kids that help kids and that want to help them. And so, you know, I, I appreciate you coach, uh, and what you did. And I know everybody remembers you for what you did at Ole Miss, but I, I think if you, rem if you help kids and you, you want to help them and serve them and serve people, that's what really matters in the long run. Right. Same way I see you, man. Yep. So, um, well, man, I appreciate you being on. If you want to follow Coach Hodge, his Twitter is right there on the screen. Make sure you you look him up. He's got a lot of stuff going on. You can follow all his other organizations that he's a part of on his Twitter bio. So make sure you give him a follow. Coach, we appreciate you being on today, man. Thanks so much for your time. Uh, no problem, man. Thanks for having me on. Well, thanks, guys, everyone, for listening. If you want to subscribe, hit the subscribe button so that we can do more interviews like this, help more kids, and get more information out there about recruiting. Thanks again, guys, and God bless.